1,001,321 downloads. And counting. And counting. One million downloads. Part two. Part deuce. The deuce. The do. Deuce. The deuce. The dirty. The deuce. I ordered a deuce. You ordered a deuce? Yeah. Like a deuce and a half? What are you talking about? The 22. Oh, double deuce? The deuce. The deuce deuce? The deuce from Ultimatum. At SHOT Show I ordered it. Oh, snap. I got a deuce coming. This is Mike from Mile High Shooting. And Frank from Sniper's Hall. And you are listening to the Everyday Sniper. The Everyday Sniper. This is part two from is, our yeah. spotting one. We're going to finish up. Could we like to do the hour? I don't want to go over and, and that kind of stuff. Yeah, that one we got, we got content. You guys can discuss. And you've probably already commented on the, the last episode. One, yeah, right. The, the first part of the million. You guys have already probably commented on that like oh talk about this talk about that well here's what we're talking about because we haven't seen the comments yet. yeah yeah, yeah so, <laughs> i'm following well, been, my list well right it's now. been days for you it's like you know seven minutes, minutes for us minutes for us we, we had to go calm mike's dog down a little bit he was going nuts so yeah and then uh rio got kicked out of school not, oh yes because all the kicked out but the uh the old uh the, the old corona corona, corona. shut her school down because they got a case and somebody mingled with somebody they shouldn't have mingled with and I don't know. Yeah, so all the schools here now are, and that's going to be an. You know act- what you can do though. This is you can kind of use it to your advantage to 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 a degree. Is you know if you're standing in a very long line, you just kind of get really close to some, everybody. Like standing close, yeah. They like standing close to each other in line nowadays, and you're like trying to punch in your little. Dude, they do combo. it to me because I'm short, and they hover on me. They hover, yes, yes, thank over you. the top of me, and you're just like, what I've done. Like in, I would say the last six months, because I've noticed this, is I, I'm like trying to punch in my little secret combo to my card in, at 7-Eleven. Mm-hmm. And someone's standing like right next to me, like right up on my shit, you know? So I just stop what I'm doing and I turn and face them. So we're just like almost nose to nose. And I'm like, man, you know what's really weird about these times? Is that everybody just wants to be so close. Yeah. <laughs> and then they just kind of look at me and they back up a little bit. And I'm just like, okay, thank the, the, you. Some dude I saw it on Facebook today, just a picture. Like, I didn't read the article. I never do. But anyway, this dude. <laughs> just the picture yeah, and yeah. the title. Yes, that's all <laughs> I do. Scroll. <laughs> uh, if I like the title, like or yep. laugh. Yep. One of the two. I never cry or laugh. He made like a hula hoop circle thing. That's his, that social standoff distance. Mm-hmm. So he created like a, a, a device he stands in that he wears that keeps you six feet away from him at all times at all times it's a big so is it circle. like on suspenders yes i can't and then it's all tricked right. out it, it, it just looks like a guy like, like an old set of web gear yeah nah, it's hard it. to tell what he's doing but it's weird but it's 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 totally weird but yeah this whole corona thing is gonna mess it with you guys much i mean i work from home and at the range i don't interact with people you interact with people yeah dude everybody's trying to like always shake your hands no. which i'm totally fine with you not know? no more i'm gonna and tell you right now guys i'm not we shaking do the your hands bump. No more. we do the weenus bump on yep. the elbows uh, elbow you know? bump yeah we tell them hey corona and then we mm-hmm. just kind of weenus bump a little bit yeah which is great and then uh you know it turns into it, it always escalates oh yeah they're touching weenuses over there <laughs> yeah right yeah ha 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 yeah we haven't heard that yet and but I got like hand sanitizer. Every time someone comes in, we're like wiping down the counters and stuff like that. I mean, like it, it's like we're not to a degree where yeah, everybody's gonna get it. But you know, why not just uh, protect yourself a little bit, right? You know, and not just do. I tell dumb you what, shit. though, I I had a I had a, a a process, a program. I had a a method that I used at Shot Show this year. Did you bow? It worked. What'd you do? No, I didn't. I didn't shake hands with people. Number one, but I the I, the vitamin C that yep. I was vitamin C, right, yep, yep, and yep. then the Purell. Yep, Purell on demand okay. all the time. All the time. Yep. And then the the, the, the the not. I didn't. I didn't get the crud, man. I didn't get the crud either. Not until I got home. Yeah. There was like people that were at home that were sick. And when right. I got home, I got sick because they just refused to not stay home when they're sick. I just it blows my mind. But, um, well, because, you know, that was a thing is when you don't have paid sick and you don't do this, even if you're, you know, running 101 fever, well, people some, go to work. Some people are pretty, I used to, dude, I would work well, sick. And it, I think it has a lot to do with like when you turned 18 and had to move away from home yeah. and like join the military and you're like, I don't give a fuck what you are. You're sunburnt. You're sick. Yeah. There was no sick days a, in the Marine Corps, man. You're in your fifth trimester. I don't give a fuck. You are showing up to work. I, if, if if I went to a, a into to a corpsman or to you know the infirmary type of thing and said I got sniffles, 
I don't want to train today. Yeah, no, not happening. <laughs> that would, it's not going to go over. Dude, I tore my ACL in a training event mm-hmm. in Texas. And the dude was like, uh, Suck it up. I got some sunscreen and that's about it. Like that was all they were authorized to give us. So I duct taped my knee and then went back to work. You know? and, and, and on top of that, like all the corpsmen were drinking the Robitussin. So yeah. it's like you weren't going to get anything anyway because the dudes are out there drinking it. Oh, that shit's controlled. meanwhile he's guzzling it in the field but he feels great yeah yeah nyquil and friggin robitussin the guy's on so we were we were talking spawning and spawning's a big part of what we do and like mike's scenario was hey can you spot for me and whether you're using your rifle or whether you're using a spotting you're gonna hear that a lot this weekend right hey can you spot for me can you spot for me and then and and so we want to kind of recap so we were talking about Get a definition. What, what do you What do you want me to spot? What do, What do you want right. me to do for you, so that you can kind of get an idea? Like, are they an educated shooter? Are they, you know, good at what they do? They just They just can't seem to connect on something, and they need you to evaluate it for them because they may not be able to manage the recoil. Uh, the way they, you know, the way that they need to, so they're flipping off the target. Well, what you're saying is, is really, if somebody goes, "Hey, can you spot for me?" You shouldn't just casually go over and just say, yeah, you hit here. Kind of like look at the target, and then when you see a splash on it, you go, oh, you hit left to center or you missed, whatever the case may be. But you're looking at the impact. Well, rather than just look at the impact through the spotter, you should be, as Mike said in the first um, episode, you should be getting as much information from the guy. What are you shooting? How far is it? What dope is he using? How and, fast does your gun right, shoot? Right. Like, yeah. what is your what's mile, your muzzle velocity? What's your mile per hour, dude? Yep. Well, you could just uh, you can it, basically let me look at your data. If the dope is enough for me, if yeah. the guy just says, "Hey, I'm using you know 3.2 to 600," I have a frame of reference to look now. Right. Am I gonna look? Well, gee, 3.2 sounds like a lot for that gun. Where Mike would go to muzzle velocity. If if a guy shooting something zippy fast, that's kind of a lot. But if he says, well, I need 2.8, well, maybe that's not enough. Now you're going to look low for that miss. Right. And if it's too much, you're going to look over. But you want to know where that max ord is. And Mike gave a definition of max ord. You want to know what the wind call is going to be. So rather than just trying to spot a plume of dust at the target, get details on where that bullet might be going so you can then get in alongside them or behind them. Directly behind is best, right? Or off to just the, you know that one side a little bit. But directly behind is going to be your best bet. You want to be over the top of the shooter and his rifle. And then you want to get all these details. So you're following the bullet from the barrel and not just looking for a puff of dirt at the target. Yeah, you're not just there to, you know congratulate them on actually getting a hit you're there to assist them in getting that hit right you're trying to give them valuable information because yeah. that hit follow is, up. Is, is is your hit is data yeah it's data but it's also your hit. right when you take over as the spotter you become the senior guy yep. and the guy on the gun now becomes your monkey right yeah yeah you pull the trigger for me yeah but I, this is how i want you to pull the trigger right you know it's, or this is you know what i want you to dial onto the scope program your gun to do this for me yes so, so you need to be on the gun you know what his data it. is know what he has dialed on in everything if this guy dialed on spin drift if this guy did this if whatever's on that scope you need to know about whatever you're doing or he's doing you need to know so you can then decipher it or you can then correct it and provide a solution for it hey you don't like a good example was um, when I, I was talking about with the with the six GT video last episode, and then I did a training video. I brought a, a local sniper's hide member to the range, and I did a fundamental eval and filmed it. But then he, w- I let him shoot. We, we, we were there about three hours, and I let him shoot out the targets, and he was going to shoot the fourteen hundred yard. Well, he's using Strelock, and from like two hundred to a thousand. Street lock was on. But then he says, I'm going to shoot 14. Can you spot for me? Yeah, what do you got dialed hey, on? can you spot for me? Yeah, and he, that's exactly what he said. Because <laughs> I was off to the side doing other stuff. Right. I let him just shoot. Right. You know, yeah, I do wasn't, your thing, man. Uh, um, and I go, okay, what do you have on the gun? 11. 11's not right. 
I know it's not. You're going to be 14, 15, but, and he's shooting a Tika. Uh, Which is traditionally slow. slow. Right. So I'm like, no way. He goes, yeah, but my dad has been right so far. But after 1,000, it seems to be a little wango. And he said, I hit the 1125, but I had to do this. I actually think he was hitting the 1,000, and he thought that was 1125 dope. Okay. Is what? Because the eleven twenty five. Well, there's two targets, right? Well, and the eleven twenty five is on its side. Was on the ground. Yeah, we left it there. Yes. Yeah. So I think so. It was he, a really good wind target, but not did. so good elevation. Yeah. yeah. And unless he hit it on the ground, and I didn't see it, but I think he hit the thousand and thought that was eleven twenty five dope. But anyway, so I'm like, what's the dope you're putting on the gun? And I said, nah, that that's eleven's not going to be good. Give me a shot anyway, just to check. Of course, saw nothing. All right, good. No, don't do that. Put 15 on the gun, and boom, first round, I got a splash now. Now I just had to bring him in on the wind. Yep. Now you have something. Yep. You're backwards engineering it. And, right? I, and, I, and I dialed him into the target, and he got his hits, but I had to go get the data. And part of the only reason I let him do the – because, number one, it wasn't a safety issue for him to put 11 on the gun. It, he's just going to hit short. But part of the issue was is I had to identify because he was going off of his software. And this is why you need to be on that low power. Right. Because, yeah, if he's got 11 on the gun and you're plotting for, you know. And I look and, and short. the gun needs to be at 15, 17. You need to be powered down and see more than what yeah. the shooter is looking at. Because he's shooting, and the only thing that he sees is the target in the scope because he's I powered I think he ended like at 15.3 or something was where he ended up. That's still outside of what he can see. Right. Right, and 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 because it's gonna go out of there, and then he's gonna have to hear something like "whoa." Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, actually, what it was is he saw nothing, so he made no sound. Yeah, exactly. Right. No, I'm saying the spotter's gonna go "whoa." Yeah, yeah, You're yeah, about yeah. five mils off, right, buddy. Right. Yep. I mean, how many times do we see the guys will 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 drop in the or they're in front of the plate at the bottom? They're they're you know they're a full mil off. Or prime example when a scope doesn't track. Right. So With that one guy. So. When we had to go from 800 yards down to 100 yards to figure out where the hell this bullet's impacting, and I'm standing behind a dude, and this was, I don't know, like two years ago during one of the courses, and we had to uh, put the 100-yard zero back up because his scope... Wasn't it the Savage with the the, the base kept getting loose? It, that guy we had to hunt the for. Yeah, we had to hunt for him. Right. And... Like Because he was on, he was on, and he was off. Nine times out of ten, it's a, it's a Vortex PST. I'm not going to lie. And... I got to walk up and slap the top of the turret with my knife just to get it to jump you know, up, re- jump and yeah. do what it's supposed to do. But I never would have saw it. This guy was eight mils high at hundred yards, even though he was dialed down to zero. Right. It's so slipped it, inside. It's slipped inside. Right. So I was like, okay, well now I see it. Let me get on your gun for a second and then, you know, try to make my corrections and then go, okay, because after a certain amount of rounds, you just don't want to be dumping 20 rounds on something. You don't have anything to look at. Go to a different yardage. Right. If you Go haven't got the impact by three, we, maybe your scope. We need to get people to stop going beyond three rounds when they don't know what's happening. They need mm-hmm. to stop and reset, either go closer and work themselves back out. But we, we, we have to get away from the 12-round dumps on a target. Yeah, because that's not working. Right. And so this is going to segue right into my next section of communication. So the communication between the shooter and the spotter. We'll talk about some, you know, maybe some examples of dialogue. But as far as one million, one thousand three hundred and fifty eight. Is that what I said? Something like that. Something like that. And and counting. And counting. So um, with communications, we need to, as a spotter, we need to understand conditions everything that's going on in the world right now. So your atmosphere, your climate, all right. that stuff, everything you need to understand and take into account and go, okay, well, this was different than yesterday, or this is like it was last weekend, so I think we can get away with doing this. Mm-hmm. And then have those set scenarios in your head. What if this happens? I answer it with, then I will do this. If I grow green hair on my chest, then I will shave it off. Right. right? So we need to have a plan we need to have something and that's where experience comes into play and so i want to jump into one thing real quick is because we talked about magnification in the last episode you know want to be on the lower end 
uh, you know, 20, 25, 30 down there. Uh, 15 would even be good in, in a lot of cases when the mirage is thick and nasty. But one of the things you have to do is you don't want super crispy target focus. You want to be focused in front of the target to see the mirage, or the, the not only the mirage, but the trace. So right. you want to be kind of, the target's not perfectly in line. You're kind of in front of it a little bit with the, with the, with the awesome focus. So almost pick 100 yards in front of it with the fine-tuned focus, then be on the target to follow the trace. I mean, you could focus in the target pretty good, but it's not 100%. Right. It's, it's usually never 100%, especially with some of the spotters that are out there because it's so high-powered on the low end. Mm-hmm. You're not going to be able to resolve the target perfectly. But what you need to be able to do is resolve the trace, and you need yeah. to try to at I mean, least close, try to find. In, you know, 600 yards and in, yeah, I'm looking at bullet holes. I'm looking at the splashes. I'm mm-hmm. looking at the bullet holes. Um, I can see because the spotters have enough power. They're really good. Like, we're using the Shororos, like we said, so we got really high, um, uh, you know, really good resolution glass in it. So 600 yards and in, I'm going to know which bullet is yours. Just like Mike said in the last um, episode. Evaluate the, guy, the target. Right. The guy in front of you shot five rounds. I know where every one of his five are. And then when you shoot, I'm going to know where yours are. It's like shooting a KYL. Right. So right. I know your limits target. And, and those are the inside 600 targets. But once you get beyond 600 yards, then you're working the trace. Then you're working things a little bit different than you are inside 600. Yeah, a target is a small portion of what you're doing. What you need to be finding or, or your, your sight picture basically needs to look like at outside of 1,000 yards, the target should be probably more towards the bottom of your spotter yeah. than anything else. I'm below center. Yep. And when, that way you can see where that orb's going. So if the wind is blowing from right to left, what I typically do is I'll put that uh, put the target in the bottom left quadrant of, of yeah, my, I, I was uh, of say, my scope. I, I put the target. I actually use like the um, the top right quadrant for me. Right. Well, the top right. Is, so what I'm looking is where the at target is the is. top right quadrant. Yes. Yep. And that way I can see. Okay. Well, where's that bullet going? And because it's going far out, I need to figure out if this guy. If I don't have a splash. On the first in, or in the first round, that's going down range. I need to find it in the air because if I can't find it in the yeah. air, I can't give you a wink. I'm not covering everything with the reticle, right? I need to see it, and I need to see that's around where, it. That's where the swaro shines, is because you can turn it off and, or lower it. We, yep. we, I dim mine down, yep, dim it down to where you can barely see it, mm-hmm. and then okay, well, I can see it. I still have tick marks. I still have numbers. I still have something to work off of, so I can give you a snapshot. I'm looking at the the bullet traveling to the target. If I see it, if I see the target move on the right side, I know you're on the right side, so I give you a correction to get you center. Yeah, yeah. So just evaluating that target. But let's go back to communication for a second. Knowing the conditions, knowing the wind, knowing the elevation, and the dialogue between you and your shooter. So your shooter. At, so let's go. The spotter's let's, giving commands. As a spotter, you're giving commands. You're letting them know, hey, this is what's going on. But you also should probably check in with your shooter from time to time to yep. see what he sees. Yes. Because your shooter has the best seat in the house. He's the guy right. that is on the target, ready to rock and roll. Before the shot. Before the, the shot. The communication's going on before. So basically, I'm going to tell the guy, give me a center hold. So you basically, you're going to put your crosshair on the center of the target. Then I want you to hold, you know, half mil left wind, main crosshair, direction and distance. Half mil left wind. And the reason I'm telling them is to give me a center hold on the target first because what if you need to hold over or hold under? Identify the target. target. Well, that that's the big one too. Mike yeah. always does that. Mike is basic because we have so many pieces <laughs> of steel out there. Dude, I got a whole new system. For yes, that, because there, there's so many pieces of steel. Now, we, rip, we, we tore the range apart and we're working on it. Adam's been doing some groundwork. Uh, Mike and I took all the T-posts out. Um, we took all the targets down. We're really took all the barbed wire that's just yes. growing out of the ground. Yeah, um, but we we're rearranging the target. But like I know where everything is. Mike knows where everything is. Adam knows where everything is. But when but you the shooter sh- doesn't, right? So, so when I say shooter at this point, I'm talking more or less students. Yeah. So people who are unfamiliar with our range is going to be my shooter for the rest of this segment. Yeah. Okay. There you go. So 
uh, like Frank was saying, we need to mark these, we need to mark these targets properly. So what I like to do is I like to use neon colors. So I'll grab pink, blue, green, orange, you know, roadside stuff that like if you're driving down the road, it kind of sticks out at you. I want to grab those colors and put a good white base coat down and then throw that color up. As the borderline. As a waterline, right? Or a border. Yeah. But what I'll do is I'll take a big, what I call Dorothy targets. I'll take a Dorothy target and I'll mark the yardage with that big target. So it's a big giant target with a number on it in that color. It's a good thing Dorothy doesn't listen to the podcast. (laughs) So I'll mark that target with that color of like, let's say six is green, right? So then every target at 600 yards is green, green, but it's green. It's like one's got a green head. One's got a green stripe through it. One's all green. One has a green border. So that when I'm communicating with my shooter, I can say, all right, shooter, are you looking at 600? Find the big green six, yep. Go to the left of that, you're gonna see a IPSC target that has a green border on it. Do you understand what I'm saying? Yes, perfect. That is our target. Yep, give me a center hold on Give it. me a center hold and they, then get them set up. Yep. Because that target may not just be right next to that six, it may be you know like 40 yards to the left of the six. So now I need my shooter to get set. So by getting a center hold, I can get him directly behind the gun. Once he's directly behind the gun and doing all the fundamentals, I can get directly behind him. Yes. Or her or whoever. Exactly. So it's very important that, like Frank was saying, like you give a center hold and then you give a correction, but that shooter needs to understand their reticle. Yes. So the communication aspect of understanding the reticle, we had, and we had a good laugh about this and we shared it with you guys, is we had a student or shooter anyways, we had a shooter that didn't understand if the wind is coming from the left, I need you to hold left into the yeah. wind. Main crosshair is direction Main and distance. Main crosshair to the left. Right. So what they're thinking is left side of the crosshair is it, it should be on left. the target. So they're holding the gun to the right. So now I have, you know, where I'm giving, yo, yo, you need like three and a half mils. And I'm like, dude, we're like seven mils off the right. And I'm going, in my head, I'm going, well, that's double what I gave him as a, dude, that was a perfect wind call. What the fuck is going on? And they had the wrong side. And they're just on the wrong side. So that communication needs to be there. They need to understand the reticle, the use of the reticle, how the reticle works, why the reticle works that way, and the actual value of each mark inside that reticle. We kind of give the student homework and we ask them to bring a representation, whether it's a download from the internet or a drawing of their yeah. reticle. Draw your so reticle. So they understand Become it as well to, to us. with your reticle. you got to know your reticle inside and out what all those subtensions mean what side of it you're on and where you're going with it it's direction and distance from the main crosshair always whether if i say you're holding low one mil the main crosshair goes low how far does it go one mil yes if you're holding wind and i say i need a half mil left main crosshair goes left Move it left. And a half mil mark goes in the center of the target. Every direction that we are going to give you, and this may be different at every other schoolhouse that's out there, and but pretty much standardized across the board from what I've seen in you know everybody that I've shot with is every command and direction is based off of the middle of your crosshair. Take the middle of your crosshair and move it in the direction I tell you. Even if you're using a Horus, you're going to do the same exact thing. It's direction and distance from that main line, from the down the center, and then you're going to go from there. You're still going to have to hold. You're just going to always hold over. You know, you're rarely going to hold under unless you did a funky 200-yard zero or something. But um, that's the thing. It's it's I'm giving you direction and distance. Give me center hold. Okay, now that, that puts me on the target for you. Then I'm going to give you your win call. All right, you're going to need that half mil of left win. So that's when you're going to do that. Okay, then the send it part. <laughs> yes. So before we get to the send it part, as everybody's understanding what's going on, remember, we're kind of in an admin mode at this time, dude. This is not wartime efforts or anything like that. If your shooter has a question they don't understand, get them off the gun. Yeah. Bring them back to the spotter. Show them what you want. Show Monkey see, monkey do kind of situation where sometimes there is, it's, it's not very often 
where I ask somebody to shoot for me and they go, okay, I'm shooting and they're, they're not doing what I ask them to do. And I go, okay, something's just totally off here. Get off your gun for a second. Yeah, I'm not mad it. at you. Just get off your gun for a second. Come here. Let me, let me talk at you real quick. And I want you to look at my spotter. I want you to look at my reticle. I want your reticle to do the same thing my reticle's doing. Do you understand? Right, right. Yes. Okay. Now get back on your gun. Let's not waste rounds. Let's not waste time and breath. Get down on your gun and do what I'm asking you to do. Yeah. So w as an example dialogue, and this is just something I threw together, and you guys can use it. You guys can change it. You can do whatever you want with it. But what we need is the spotters in command. So the spotters give, the spotters giving the command. So you need, as a shooter, to wait on your spotter. If you, hey, can you spot me? If you ask somebody to spot you, wait for your spotter. Right. Don't just start blasting down range. And hey, I'm, I'm, I'm shooting the 600-yard target. I'm using three mils of elevation. Uh, I was holding wind at this, but see what you see. You know, but give them what it was. I was holding half mil left wind, but you know, see what you see on there. And here's all these things going on, and this is what I'm doing. It goes back to find out what the shoot, what yeah. the shooter is doing. But when you say, sees, "Hey, can you spot for me?" You should be. There's a problem. Yeah. There is, and they're asking you to find them a solution, basically. Yep. So get the information from them. Okay. Get on your gun, shooter. All right, shooter's on the gun. Now, when I when I get on the spotter, it takes me a second to find out what's going on around. So let me evaluate what's going on. Don't rush me. Spotter ready. Spotter ready. Spotter ready. I'll be ready in a second. Mm -hmm. Let me see what's yeah, going on. Yeah, you lay there till I tell you we're shooting. <laughs> yeah, we're not shooting yet. Mm -hmm. Calm down. So now, as we roll into that communication, spotter pipes up with spotter ready. That means they're on the target. So I need to make sure that you're on the target. So that should cue you as the shooter. Shooter ready. Now the spotter, they can give you, they'll give you your wind corrections and your target distances. They'll say, okay, I got a target at 500 yards. It looks like the wind's blowing about five miles an hour. It feels like it. I need five tenths of right wind. And that should put you center. So I'm talking center to target. Right. Not to the edge, to yep. the center. Yep. So I need five tenths of right wind. And then I'm going to let you know, send it when you're ready. Because now I'm watching. There may be a point somebody comes up to me and taps me on the shoulder. Hey, dude, what were you talking about with uh, the castrols and stuff like that? Give me a second. Don't talk to me. I'm, I'm spotting. Mm -hmm. um, there may be a, a point where I tell you it's okay to shoot. And then you this take. Is, this is good. This and is then good. you take a half a minute. We got to blink, dude. <laughs> yeah. We have to blink. Right? I'm sitting there. I got both eyes wide open and i'm going okay he's going to shoot any second now five tenths is a good win call five now seven tenths seven tenths and now it takes you another 30 seconds to reset yourself for a seven tenths win call yeah. i'm giving you updated win calls as we go and i'm trying to give them to you every three to four seconds but you have to listen to them and when i give mm -hmm. you a call i'm expecting a shot yes that's the thing that cracks me up every time. Because oh, we both do it. It's dueling. It's like, hey, dude, we got to blink. <laughs> yeah, for real. Like, I understand you have to blink. Yeah. When you tell me you're ready, Yeah. you need to be ready. At three to five seconds. When it's send it, three to five yep. seconds. The follow-up, three to five seconds. So that's this, a, this is a send when ready situation. Yeah, this Behind a precision <laughs> rifle, your life should be in three to five second intervals. Yep. Running the bolt. Yeah. And squeezing the trigger. Yep. That's all. That's, Three to five seconds, job. man. So Go. after the first shot, I'm going to evaluate the engagement. So do I feel like I gave you a good wind call? Yeah, I feel like I gave you a good wind call. It may have been something on the shooter. I may give you another tenth of wind. I may give you another two tenths. Or maybe, maybe it gusted up. Excuse me. Maybe it gusted up right at the time that, that you pulled the trigger because it was 30 seconds into the call. I don't know. You know, there could be a number of things that are going on. But I'm going to evaluate your target immediately so that you, as the shooter, can resend yeah, a correction. Yeah, in three to five seconds. A three to five second correction. So I give the correction as needed, and then you shoot. There's no more dialogue. I give you the correction, and you freaking pull the trigger. Yep. Okay? And that's it. So that's just kind of an example dialogue. Like, you guys can, you know, play with it as you will. But find something, so you're going to need to find somebody who's, you know, that you can communicate well with. And then, like, when I get on the gun, I lay down behind the gun and I wait for Adam to say spotter. And then I say shooter and he goes ready. And then I shoot. Mm -hmm. And that's it. I don't need all the extra words. And a lot of times, I don't need a correction. 
If I get a, if I see something in the scope and he doesn't give me a correction yeah, I mean, within you, two seconds, I make my correction and send it down again. Back when, like, if there was two of us and we were both pretty, you know, like, say it was like a me and Jacob or kind of situation. Right. It's like, got it, send it when ready. And it's usually in that three to five seconds. Mm-hmm. You know, you don't have to give them the, that ultimate command. It's like, okay, you're going to do this, do that. I'm on the target. All right. Um, yep, send it I'm when on. ready. Yeah. Send yeah. when ready. They're just brevity. Is nice, right, right. you know. Brevity is the on. key, but it, it, it's it's the, the the main thing to do is 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 to is to communicate to understand the shooter's setup and what's going on with it. Identify the target, make sure everybody's on the same page, and then it's direction and distance from the main crosshair. If if they're dialed elevation, you're giving them a center hold, and then they're going to swing their windage over. Um, you know, let them know are they are they dialing or holding their wind? Are they dialing or holding their elevation? Or, you know, what is taking place behind that rifle? You need to know as the spotter because you've just taken over command of that shot. Right. All he's That's doing- your shot. Yeah, that's yours. So, again, going back to climatizing yourself, function checking your equipment, checking the direction of wind speed, and finding patterns in the dope and finding patterns in the environment is the easiest way that you can get behind a spotter and go, okay, I'm going to be successful on this shot. Mm-hmm. I'm going to, okay, well, my equipment's working. I can zoom in and out, no problem here. I can focus in and out. I don't need a, a range finder. I just need a spotter up here. And now I'm looking at that. I can turn off my reticle and take a look around. Another thing that I like to do as a spotter is when I, I drive my tripod, and I'll explain that, um, I have to have my tripod, I don't have an extended length, and I'm, I'm a fairly tall dude, I don't have an extended length tripod, you I don't have, have a an shorter L. version. Right, right. So I have to collapse my legs in so that I'm not hunched over looking through my spotting scope. Because I, doing that after three days, it's, it, you know, it just- Yeah, you gotta be as up, comfy you know. behind it yeah, as you, you can. Yeah, you got, I'm creature comforts, dude. I'm, I wanna be comfortable. So I collapse my legs in, and then I grab the back legs, so I'll have two legs, closest to me and then one leg out front Mm -hmm. so i'll grab the two legs that are closest to me and i will press on those legs to move my spotter ever so slightly around that target yeah you're steering with the the legs so i drive my tripod like i'm driving a car Mm -hmm. and it helps me find those impacts and find those rounds in the air and everything like that because i can move it ever so slightly without touching the ball head yeah i mean a good example with the 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 being acclimatized and and understanding each shot don't don't crawl into that scope and die. Don't get lost inside that optic. Yeah, you got to pull like, away. Like uh, Jeff, when he was out with me on Saturday and he called me over to help him spot on one of the targets, the wind was coming pretty typical for us. That sort of, it was coming straight at us, but left quartering mm-hmm, a bit. Mm-hmm. Well, then it changed direction on him, but it was lighter. It was about six mile an hour wind. It was pretty light out there. That's nice. And it went to the right. That's a nice wind. Yeah. I it, like six. It went to the right six on Six is him. my favorite because six is my number on my six creed. Is it? <laughs> yeah, six is my number. <laughs> but he didn't He didn't catch the change. And so he's holding left, holding left, and got lost. That's yep. to be spotted. And it's and he's. I'm like, all right, you're going to hold. All right. And I said, right. And he's like, oh, I've been what? on the... He goes, oh, my, I hit on the left. I go, yeah, change. Yeah, change. So, again, that goes back to, you know, there are some freak moments where it's just like... It's coming at you 20 miles an hour from the left, and you're like, all right, dude, I got my hold set up, and then it stops, and then it comes from the right 10 miles an hour. Yeah. But like Frank is saying, don't crawl into your scope and die, because when you get that tunnel vision is what I like to call it. It's like an old tube TV. When you turn the power off, it goes, and it turns into a little circle. Now you you have that tunnel vision, and that's the only thing that you're focused on. All your senses, aside from that, are gone. You can't feel anything. You're not thinking anything other than pressing the trigger and holding your crosshair straight. We got to get out of that. We got to feel what's Mm -hmm. going on. We got to know what's going on, but we have to communicate what's going on. I mean, just out of habit. Don't crawl into your scope. From that range, just because of a safety thing, I scan the horizon. Like if I'm doing camera stuff, I maybe got my head in the camera mm-hmm. and I'm playing with the camera, playing with the camera, doing this, getting ready to do that, getting ready to do that. I get on the rifle and I'm going to get ready to do my shots. Well, before that, I'm scanning the area and I'm looking at everything because number one, I'm scanning, making sure it's safe. There's nobody popped up over a hill, no kid on a four-wheeler, nothing weird happened like that, which 
very rare, but has but happened. It does happen. Yeah. Or we get we get we animals. Cows, yeah, we, we got, got animals, animals. We get animals. Yeah. We got all kinds of animals that if you shoot them, you know, you're either going to get in trouble with the DOW or the landowner. Right, the right. Two. So, so you gotta be paying attention. And and so I'm doing that, but I'm also gauging my conditions because now once the camera's going, I don't want to do six takes. I want to do one. And so I want to get that hit and make right. sure I'm looking at the conditions. You right. know yeah. what I mean? I'm not trying to be because, out here all day. Well, I got shit to do. I'm going to drive down. I'm going to put a GoPro on the camera. I'm going to come back. I'm going to set up the sound and everything on the camera that's watching me. I'm going to make sure that's all good. I'm going to, I'm going to check my life. focus, my battery level, make sure everything's good because batteries will go in a second. Um, you know, you can have a battery and you can see it says 25%. And then, you know, you, you, you go over and do something and come back and it's five. Yeah, and because you, you don't realize the time lapsed. Right, that, there's that. You're but just they, like so focused on something, you know. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to throw this guy this at you guys. You can just take it and do whatever you want with it. But situational awareness in this type of environment equals situational dominance. Yeah. We, got to, we have to dominate this situation as a spotter because we have to be dynamic. We have to be right. We have to dominate mm-hmm. in order for our shooter to be successful. And, and you know, the more you do this, and I'm going to kind of segue into, like, the for you guys listening, the spotting with the binos and the different things is, like, me with Adam Burt and the competition dynamics. I love Adam Burt. Yeah. I mean, you just, he wrote, he, <laughs> He's dude, such a good dude. He texted me the other day. He's like, thinking of you. And he had a picture yeah. of a cabinet with an everyday sniper sticker on it. Yeah. That's he, badass. Yeah. He, he like... He came up. He to, works for JP. Yeah, yeah. He's yeah. the general manager for JP. He came up to us at, at shot because I had shot with him and Craig. One of him and his boy, they were on the squad behind us. So every time they come up, they're like, "Hey, what do you think about this uh, this little exercise right here?" I'm like, "Oh yeah, this is you know this is what we kind of figured out." Mm-hmm. And you know, had an opportunity to go out to dinner with him. I actually talked to another guy that was out to dinner with us. That's a whole other story. But the lady behind us was super pissed. Because all we were dropping is F bombs yeah, and everything it's like that. Go out. And we were getting really loud. It was a Mexican restaurant. And the lady was like nudging her husband to try to say something to us. And he was like, Yeah, there's like fucking 16 dudes at this table. <laughs> and they all sound pissed off. So I'm not going to talk to this guy. But like, it, Adam is an awesome dude. He came up to us at Shot Show and he was like, Hey, guns and stuff, how are you? Mm-hmm. You know, he didn't care about yeah. the situation that was going on around us. He was just like, Hey, how are you doing as a person? Right. And I was like, you know what? I really appreciate that. No one ever checks on me. <laughs> you know, that's, he's one of the few but people who do. In, in that situation where you're spotting on the clock and you got to get targets knocked down and you got to hand it off to your other shooter, it becomes the, the case of I'm not only looking to identify targets, I'm looking to range the target, plus I'm gauging the conditions to shoot the target all under the same amount of time. Right. You know what I mean? So you you develop these skills to go quicker and you're going to, if you have a process and you can follow the process, you may start to learn some personal shortcuts for you because brevity is key, like Mike said. Yeah, brevity. Brevity, man. That's, that's a I'm great all word. about brevity. It's a great word because that's gonna help you when you come into the situations where now you gotta be even faster and more dynamic because you're doing multiple things for multiple people under time during a competition. And multiple guns and calibers yes. and I'm, I'm, elevations. I'm Valkyrie with a gas gun. He's a, uh, like a, he was a six mil or something. I even forget now what he was shooting. Six PRC, I bet. Yeah, he was PRC. Yeah. Six five PRC. So he's shooting a six five PRC. I'm shooting a Valkyrie uh, gasser. And I'm doping everything for, and I'm working both of us, and I'm helping each of us because he's a general manager, and I'm supposed to be the shooter. Right. You know, right. When, 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 you're the experienced guy. Yes. That's why I chose you for my team. Yes. Just like when when I was like, hey, we're going to this ELR thing. You're going to be there. I'm going to be there. There's a culmination exercise at the end. Yes. Where we have to have a shooter spotter kind of deal, and that's like I didn't know that that was going to happen before I wrote this. Like what I have as far as notes, but I was like, oh, dude, can you imagine? what'll happen if you and I are actually shooting and spotting together. Mm-hmm. I yeah, think we'll be, be okay. It'll be good. I'm going to, yeah. I'm going to film some stuff. I use the, the trip as a, as a content gathering, you know, it'll be know. good. Yeah. yeah there's going to be a lot of cool shit down there. So, um, no, but that's, that's the kind of mindset that we want to put you guys in to think about. This is what we're going to press to push you to think about these things because you know, it matters and spotting is a big part of it. And it doesn't matter. We're talking about spotting scopes and binos here. 
If you're using your rifle scope alongside somebody, great. It all applies. You yeah. may be, now here's the thing, you may have an offset in spotting then if you're not lined up correctly. I so, got actually notes about that, spotting okay. from the shooter versus behind versus the side. Okay. And we'll talk about angles here in a second. But we also need to understand how to evaluate our target. But we also need to understand how to evaluate our misses. Mm -hmm. And we need to understand how to evaluate our hits. Yeah, a, a miss will give us more information than a hit. But a hit in the wrong place is going to tell you a lot. As a spotter, you need to evaluate your shooter. That shooter should be doing what you're telling them to do if you guys are communicating, if you guys have drawn up a line of communication. That may help you figure out what's going on as the shooter. So you have to put yourself in their shoes and go, okay, did he dial his elevation, he or she, whatever. I'm just gonna say he. Did they dial their elevation? Did he dial his wind or are they holding wind? Are they parallaxed out? Is the IP set properly? Do they have a resolution for this target? Are they canting? And then screwing the wind though. Yes, very good. So are they canting? Because I can see Are they can't. running the bolt? In my trace, I can see your can't. Right. So if they're canted, they're going to be off. The, tra the trace looks different with a can't than it does with a wind. It does. And what it but it's also similar. does. It's very similar. <laughs> it's very similar. But what it, it also does. arc. Is you're going you're going like this. You're got your arms out and you're like, okay, the wind is coming from over here. Now my face is in the wind and this is about let's call yeah. it three o'clock. We got left wind, but it's arcing to the right. Right. Or you're 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 going in your head, you're going, this is a five mile an hour wind. You can't miss this. This is a five mile an hour wind at five hundred yards, five tenths is your wind call. I'm giving him five tenths, and you're off, and then you end up giving him a one point two, and then we get a hit. And you're just like, dude, what the fuck is going on? Is it the scope? Is it you? No, you're rolled over. Yep, he can't. You're rolled over, and you just doubled your wind. And you know what was great? Because I did this uh, online training video with the fundamental eval. Jeff did everything perfect, including constantly having to fight the cant on his rifle. And he was rolled over and pulled back, rolled over, pulled back. And you'd always see him pulling it back. From so, running the bolt? And yes. his bipod wasn't tight. Yes, and yep. it was perfect because he was doing he was textbook doing everything we, that you're just like and, okay. Here's the first half hour of class. Make sure your shit is tight. Make sure you're lined behind the gun, and make sure when you're running the bolt, you're not tilting. And the, the gun. nice thing is, I didn't say anything to him other than, "Dude, you're gonna show sit me here what and, you got." Yeah, yeah. I, I did it just like a class and filmed it and put it up there. And, and I, people really appreciated that's invaluable. that lesson. That is, yes. very, that is invaluable. And I had a GoPro on his trigger finger. He had five different trigger presses. Right. You know, so there, there's... And we talked about trigger press like a year and a half ago. Where are you on the trigger? There's like nine areas that you can be in. And he's in five of them for five different shots. Yes. And so all this comes into play when you're the spotter. Because you're the senior guy. You're the one taking charge of this shot. And yet you need to know what your shooter's doing because those human factors will show up through the spotter if your, your, your experience level kind of, you know, lets you absorb it. You right. know, if, if, if you've been doing it enough, if you've seen enough examples of what we're talking about, you can see it. Now, can I basically just say, watch this, it's going to be a can't. You probably won't know the difference between a wind drift and a can't drift, but I do. And that's just an experience thing because I've seen it thousands of tens of thousands of times. And right. it just has a funky different part. It just arc. does something different. And, and it's, it's early and different. Again, going back to the spotter, you go, whoa. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yo, dude. You're way off, You're man. canting it, man. <laughs> You're all it, fucked up. Get mm -hmm. up. Get off the gun. So hopefully this is resonating with you guys and you're enjoying it, man. Because, you know, because I, I think this is a good conversation to have. It's a conversation and, that we haven't had. And it's right. It's one that's shooting related but has nothing to do with the shot. Yeah, we're off the gun. Yeah, man. And it's like so great because it's so shooting related. And it's, a, it's one of those aspects that people don't want to talk about. You know what I mean? It's one of those things where they kind of overlook it and expect you to understand it. Uh, it's not talked about because, you know what? Back up. I disagree. It is talked about, but it's talked about on a different level because most of the time somebody talks about spotting, they're talking about ROing. Yeah. So 
if we had experienced shooters on they're the scoring, on their class, so they're looking scoring. at the target, right, and not looking at the shot. They're not looking yeah, exactly. They're not looking at the big picture. They're looking at that small piece of pie, yep. or they're listening for something. And there's a lot of times where somebody will hit so dead center on one of the targets and not move the target mm-hmm. that I gotta sit and wait and listen and go, did that hit? Because it sounds different. And sometimes it sounds like a hit when it hits the ground. It goes whack. Yeah. And you go, was Dude, that was that a hit? Just and then you our, give it to him. Look at how many T posts we pulled out with chunks taken out of oh, it. Oh yeah. And it shakes the target. Yep. And it sounds like it hit metal. And you go, oh, give it to him. I'm gonna give him the benefit of the doubt. But did they really hit it? No, they didn't. So great wind call. Yeah, just, wind call was perfect. Right? It was freaking spot on. Come up about three tenths, asshole. Yeah, yeah. So but Again, it's talked about, but it's not talked about on a level of, okay, I'm actually spotting. I'm just looking. ROs are, I'm looking yeah. at a target. I'm ROs are trying spotting. to score a target like they're scoring right. a 10 and nothing ring. against ROs, dude. No, 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 no. ROs, like, come in and do that stuff, but... It's a different skill set. It's a different skill set. I think that you're looking at the target and you're not using the scope for its intended purpose. Right. That's how I see it. Yep, I agree. So when I get behind a spotter and someone asks me to spot, I'm spotting. I'm not looking. Yes. And that's so. the difference. I mentioned this a little bit. It's the difference between looking at that target and trying to pick that hit up. In close, yeah. it's not a big deal. You can get away with that. Yeah. But it's hit. Hit. It, but remember this. I'm still looking at that 400-yard target, which is super close, the KYLs. Yes. On 20 power. Yeah. Oh, yeah. If I'm at the 1,000. If I go lower, go lower. Right. If I'm at the 1,000, I'm still on 20 power. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it because now Mirage, think about this. The conditions in the atmosphere are magnified how much your optic is magnified. So if you have Mirage in the way, lower your power. That's the key. Now, if you're not used to shooting that way, you're not used to lowering a power down so far where you're quartering a target and the target looks really small on there, because most of these guys are magnification whores. Oh, yeah. They're up there. Oh, totally. And so they want to be zoomed in on That's the target. That's why the only thing they can see is their target, right. and they don't understand why they can't here's, hit it. Here's something for you guys to practice out there who are listening. Shoot a 1,000 yard on 10. Do a couple shots, and then come in the Podbean app and tell us what it looked like compared to how you normally do it. Yeah. Shoot a group. We get that your reticle is going to be smaller. Right. We get it. Shoot it try on 10x. It. Just try it. If it if you think it's no big deal in, in 10x, I've done it all day. Uh, you know, you're a more experienced guy. You've been around the block. Put it on 8x and shoot it. And Tell s- us what your trace looks right. like. Right. And You'll see, see what's it. going on. You'll Clean see that it. sight picture up quite a bit. Yep. And tell us what's going on. But It'll look crystal clear. The only thing that you're going to be, like, stressed out about is how big your reticle is. Yeah. And, but you need to quarter that target. You need to use those same skills that you're doing, but you're doing it in, in you know, most guys are, are on max power and they're trying to quarter a quarter of the target. They're quartering a quarter. No, back it off a little bit and quarter the entire target and put that entire target into play, not right. just a piece of it. Right. Especially on steel. I mean, if you're at 100 yards on paper and, and a, you want to be on 45, a lot of times it. that's what I'm doing. Like just one million. One million. 3,000 billion, whatever it was. Gazillion. I don't even remember. Gazillion. 358. 1,000,358. That was the last number. So yeah. That might whatever. not even be right. So um, <laughs> evaluating the miss and evaluating the hit, there's a lot to be said about what's going on downrange when you do have high winds. or Dude, even if no winds um, or just there's – there's always air blowing some direction. Yeah. Dude, okay? the it's earth never is not moving. moving. Yeah, it's never not moving. Coriolis you... affects the air more than it affects the bullet and all the other stuff. Coriolis is what spins the air around, but if the earth is spinning, the air nine, is spinning with it. 9.7 times out of 10, I am never holding dead nuts on a target. Mm-hmm. I feel something, if I feel just a slight breeze on my left side, I'm left of center. Yeah, because I want to hit center. I want to center it up real nice, Me too. make it look really good, dude. Look right? at that shot on that video I did. I did. I okay. saw all three of them. Dude, they just freaking slammed right in there. Well, even but both targets were right between. I the liked bolts. on that video because you had two boom boom like right next to each other, and the plate was kind of canted, and, and then it the went third the one it just whack, and it like showed it to the camera. I was mm-hmm. like. That's kind of badass. That was a slow motion yes. moment for me, where I was just like, dude, if that was in slow motion, 
I can make it slow motion. You should make it slow motion because that would have been a slow motion and like just maybe some like, like some gangster shit. There you you go. Like I just, I just fucking hit that. So anyways, evaluating the miss, when you're looking at a miss, you got to see where that splash is coming from. So if you have a 14 mile an hour wind, 12, 14 mile an hour wind, and you hit the ground in the dirt, chances are before you even see it, it's already moved left probably about five or six feet. And then it comes up if it comes up at all. Yep. So you may not be able to exactly pinpoint exactly where that bullet impacted on the ground. So an easy way of, of thinking about that, if you see, and I'm going to throw, I'm going to throw a, a phrase at you that I hear a lot is the wind is real switchy down there. No, it's not. What you were looking at in the evaluation is you saw dust come up on the left side and went to the other side and it went around the target on the right. It landed behind the target, so you couldn't see the actual impact. And then dust came up on the left because the wind was blowing too much. So now you hold more on the right, mm-hmm. and now it looks like it landed on the right. Most, oh, fuck, what's going most on? Most new shooters are missing that like second and a half mm-hmm. of dust, and then they're catching it like in the three-second mark. Right, they're catching it at the three-second mark, and it can, or depending on the, switchy on the switchy rins, side, dude. on the switchy rins, it's you've missed on the wrong side and now you just saw it when it yeah oh it's dancing left and right no it's not yeah stop what you're doing evaluate if the if the dust or the smoke whatever is coming up whatever indication that you have whatever you can evaluate as i had a nugget and i lost it god damn it oh man i had a good nugget too. it'll come back yeah hopefully you probably missed on the wind side if it comes down to the dust coming up from behind the target but you have to recognize that. Hold a little less wind and see what happens. But now we're going back to our three shots, right? So we have our first shot was missed Oh, off. I know what it was. Let me get to this before I forget okay, it. Okay, do it. So here's what you're doing when you're taking that shot and you want to see the dust wind, okay? So you're, 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 you're 100% of your focus goes to the reticle and the target relationship when it comes time to shoot. That's your fundamental with to sight picture. To not disturb the lay of the sights. Right, sight picture. So, when it, so you're, you're going through your mental checklist and what most people do is they line the reticle up on the target first, they go through their mental checklist, they, they make sure everything's good, then they start touching the trigger, then they think about the breathing and all these other things, and then they press. And after they press the trigger, their brain looks back through the scope. Mm-hmm. Okay, so you, you're actually not looking anymore. This is a, Tunnel this, vision. Yeah, tunnel vision. So what you need to do is before you press that trigger, as soon as you marry that finger to that trigger, as soon as you're there in in touch, 100% of your focus goes to the reticle and target relationship. Now, if you have a light in your room right now or something bright light or go somewhere tonight and look at a a light bulb that's turned on, like Mike's got a light. Be a human moth. Right. So I want you for about three seconds to stare at that light as if it's the target. Then close your eyes. You could still see the light, right? It kind of superimposes in your brain and it kind of burns the white into your brain. That's what you're doing, excuse me, with the splash. You're burning that image of the sight picture. Where did it yes, hit thank you into for the reticle? Yes, okay. Yes, you're I, I was like, where's where he, he going, going with this? With this? <laughs> yes, you are burning that image into your brain and going, okay, wherever this lands, all I'm doing is superimposing that. my reticle that I understand how to use because I talked to my spotter about it mm-hmm. and shifting it, taking that plume of dust from that crosshair and moving that plume superimposed on your reticle over to your target. Right, the dust the plume and the reticle as one as one u- move. Yes. one unit. That's where it's it is. Going to move now. to the center of the reticle, followed up three to five seconds, send another round. Right, and that's all I'm doing as a spotter is I'm looking at your miss and I'm going, okay, he's three tenths from he's three tenths from center on the left. Give me three tenths right. Boom, impact, perfect. Next shooter. Yep. You know. So there we go. So evaluating the hits. Evaluating the hits are just as important as evaluating the misses when it comes to spotting, especially when we're trying to gather dope for your gun. So if we are going from 100 yards out to 1,400 yards, we're going to have a water line that you're going to want to, that we're trying to hit. And as a spotter, again, we're taking control of the situation and going, okay, I'm going to put 
the round exactly where I want it. Right. So I can move it around. So hopefully I have the a reason marksman. for the water. Line, I have a marksman behind this gun. Yeah. Hopefully. The, the reason for a water line on the target, guys, if we've never made this clear, is because that way we're unifying your point of aim to point of impact. With that, that's helping you understand where we want you to aim and where we're looking and what we're trying to guide your bullet to is the center of that water line. Now it could be left or right because of wind, but we're trying to get the elevation on the water line. Group center. With the, yeah, group center. With the understanding you're holding that reticle on that line. That's why that water line is there. You're holding the reticle, your horizontal reticle, on that line. And that's what we're expecting you to do. Absolutely. So, angle of observation. So the shooter has the best seat in the house. You hear me say that. The shooter has the best seat in the house because you are the one that is on the gun. You are on the scope. You have, you have the contraption that you are going to push the start button on, and it's going to do its work that you programmed it to do. Yeah. You have the best seat in the house. Your spotter, depending on what the situation is, I stand because I have to move from shooter to shooter. I can't sit down behind you. I can't kneel down behind you. I can't sit Indian style or crisscross applesauce, whatever you call it nowadays right, without right. offending anybody, right? I can't do that. I have to stand and I have to move. I have to be dynamic as a spotter behind all of these shooters. So that being said, you have to, for best results, please get behind your shooter not off to the side. If they're looking for a true spot, hey, can you spot me? Get behind them yep. so you can see what they see. But now you have to take into account the angle of how you are looking at it. You're standing five, six feet above them, looking down mm -hmm. where they're looking level. So well, now and, you and, have and to the left right angle is big. We always see guys off to a side. We'll call the kit on the wrong side because they're angling. They're not using that angle. Exactly. So where, like, let's say you're standing behind a shooter mm -hmm. and I'm standing behind a shooter three people down. Yeah. And you're trying to find something and you go, dude, I couldn't see that. Mike, did you see anything? Because I'm already, I'm looking at it. I want to see what he's doing, right? And I go, yeah, I saw it on the right side. But that doesn't mean shit because I could be looking at an angle where it's backside of the target. Right. So to me, it looks like the right side, but it could be behind it. And on the left. So if I if you didn't see anything, but I saw something on the right side, chances are... It's behind it. it. It's behind it. So we gave them too much wind. Mm-hmm. So we'll cut it off. Or we didn't give them enough wind and they missed yeah. off the, the right side. Unless his elevation is jacked up and went right. over. So now we're using two different angles, but the best seat in the house is behind the shooter. Yep. So Cool, man. Angle of ob observation is what we're going to call that. And... Uh, it's something that we have to translate. So it's it's nice if you have two spotters and they can kind of get together right, and say, all yeah. right, man, here's the new game plan. Here's mm -hmm. what we're going to do with this guy. But getting getting on that On scope, our range, we don't have people that lost. No. Our range is pretty good. It's pretty straightforward. Yeah. And I think over the last couple of years, we really dialed it in. Like there mm -hmm. were some people like, uh, it was like, okay, well, shooting out in the plains is way different than shooting up in the woods. Yeah. And, you know, it's... it's Well, it's, as big as our grass is, our dirt is dry. Very. So yeah. even when it's in, there's a couple times like in the mornings and if we get a little bit of moisture. A little snow, a little it, rain it, or something like it, that. It, yeah. It'll just sort of waft up That's through the grass. That's where we need to know the climate. Yep. So you always hear Frank say this and when I'm driving out to the range, I look at wind going out to the range. Uh, there's an airport with a windsock on the highway. There's a, a yeah, windsock on a the highway. Windsock, there's a windsock on the highway. There's a windsock at the airport. When I'm driving up to the range, which way is the, the grass going? What's it doing? You know, what, what does it look like? What is it <laughs> usually looking what does for it something sound stuck like? in the barbed wire? What, yeah, looking for something in the barbed wire that's, you know, everything is blown up against one side of the mm -hmm. barbed wire. We're looking for indications. We're looking for facts. We're not looking for something that we can, you know, attempt to translate. We're looking right. for something that's real. Yep. So you can feel it. It's real. If you can see it, it's real. If you can touch, you know, all that stuff, you're looking for all of those senses. Now, rolling out to the range like that, as a shooter, you should be looking at that stuff. Yep. You, you're not just going to leave it solely up to your spotter because we have to have communication, guys. We have to be back and forth. And eventually, 
that spotter is going to pass the torch off to you mm-hmm. so that you can do it this, yourself. You can do it yourself. You can go out to the range by yourself. And you don't need to walk up to some rando and be like, hey, dude, can you spot me? What the fuck is he looking for? Well, that's for? the other thing. If, if you're shooting your spy yourself and you're a 25 power guy. You can see it, I'm really passionate about this. Yeah, this and, like you're, and you're a 25 things. power guy and you like to shoot on 25 power because you paid for it. And you can't see by yourself at certain targets. Back it down to twelve. Yeah, back it down. You'll see it's less movement. Think of your think of your digital camera. When you're on digital zoom, it's shaky as fuck. Yeah, when you're trying to take a picture of the license plate of the dude in front of you, and you zoom in on it. And yeah. You're driving and you're like trying to center it up. And I was trying to take a picture of somebody else's uh, little sticker that they had. It oh. looked like two dildos, like at a smiling dude, and I was like, that looks weird. Okay. <laughs> yeah, but it's all <laughs> trying shaky. to take a picture of it. But I was like. I won't focus. It won't get to where I but want if it. You're in your but I'll ca- zoomed in. Yeah, but if you're in your car doing a selfie, it's no problem. Yeah, no problem at all. Right. Yeah, flip it around, boom, done. Yeah. Yeah. So that's that's the difference, man. Think about the magnification. Think about what's going on. I mean, all this stuff. This is this is a master class on spotting. You almost had two hours of it. Yeah. And, and the well, and here's the thing is go out to the range or go on your way out to the range. Replay this stuff. Go go back over. Find the spot where it's like, okay, well, that really spoke to me, and this is what I want to work on. Go back and replay it. Put it in your Bluetooth earphones, mm-hmm. whatever, and attempt to help your shooter and and let them know what you're trying to do. Yep. All right. So we're at an hour. We're we're like one hour, one minute right now. Mm-hmm. So we're, okay. I want to wrap this. One million. One million downloads. <laughs> Beat that. That's so cool, man. Thank you guys for doing that. Yeah. That, but I, I want to give a Facebook story because there was some drama. Did you see all the drama? No. Uh, from the Freedom, the Missouri guy who who took a swipe at Derek Love, I think it is. No. But he's a Missouri crew. Okay. So there was this big drama on Are there, Facebook. Is, is that what it is? We're not a community anymore? We're just clicks? Yeah, it's okay, clicks cool. still. Yeah, cool. But it's, it, it, it's funny because this goes back to Sniper's Hide 15 years ago. Oh, God. The guy who started... Just never got over something? Yeah. The guy who started the drama was on Sniper's Hide under the name S1. The Sam Andrews guy. He's, he's certifiable. Okay, I mean, he, he's, he's an oath. There's all kinds of drama on the internet about him. Slander! So, yes. Well, he's not because he's been kind of been to court. He's done some things. But anyway, he came on a sniper's hide 18 years ago. And he told everybody he was a general. Then he said he was a general's aide. And then he basically said he was the best gunsmith in the country. And how he can tell is because he was always... Now, this is going back to like 2004. How he could tell he was the best gunsmith? Yeah. This is going back to like 2004 and 2005. So if you saw the drama on Facebook, okay, with the the freedom, whatever it's called, and then the ward, and ward got in the middle of it, apparently. Oh, geez. So anyway, um, so he said he used to fix GA precision rifles because they were shit. (laughs) Like at the highest point of yeah. GA's thing, so yeah, we yeah. banned him. But he, dude, was, he must be really good. Oh, dude, he's 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 the best, according he, to him. He was on. He was the first guy who got banned from Sniper's Hide who tried starting his own website, hmm. form and everything. Oh yeah, didn't yeah, yeah. didn't quite work. But he was supposedly building like, and he was trying to convince everybody we were supposed to shoot like a twenty-five Wisdom or a twenty-five WSSM. Maybe. Oh, yeah. And so that was his caliber. And he I've thought, seen a few of those fail. Okay. Yeah. But anyway, he They was, try to get jam them up in ARs and shit like that. Is that, that. what it is? Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah, he yeah. was into it. I, I'm pretty sure my neighbor had one. He was like, What do you think about this? I was like, That's dumb. Yeah. And yeah. and this was but that dude, if you saw any of that drama on Facebook and all that stuff going on, the, it goes back to Sniper's Hide like fifteen years ago. He had this, he chased George Gardner around and attacked him because he thought he was like God's gift to gunsmithing and George had all this, you know, great, you know, reputation and hated it and used to come and go like bands kind of worked a little weird on Sniper's Hide back then and I switched software. So the guy would like, he would come back and come back under new names and, but it was, if you read that drama, man, it was hysterical back then and he disappeared. We never heard from him. And now come to find out he was doing this Oath Keeper thing. And then I guess he has a training facility. But basically what he was saying is Derek. Maybe he only shows up during natural disasters. Yeah, exactly. Coronavirus came and he's here. Dude, here he is. There he is. Welcome back. Uh-huh. And, and he, he was saying how, you know, he can shoot 
the, the this this state I guess Derek put a picture up of a stage at a competition and he shot it in like a minute and twenty seconds in a minute and thirty stage, which ninety seconds sure, stage. Yeah, he shot it. it. Yeah. Right? Yeah. This guy said he could have done it in twenty seconds if you'd used his method. Hmm. And his method, his method was holds. I was gonna say, does his method involve twenty nine ninety five of four easy installments? There's and then that. You get- Two, but not he, just one, but two. But, it, but what is his method that he came up with uh-huh. was to not reach up and dial the elevation. Oh, okay. Just to hold the reticle. Perfect. He, he, I've he, never heard of that. No, he invented it. That's <laughs> and, good. And he could teach you it. The next time we come around, I would love to share with you and the rest of the world about a conversation that I had with an engineer about how the bullet as it comes out of the muzzle, drops, and then takes off. Gravity. But yeah, I get what you mean. It drops, uh-huh. and then takes off. Just so you know. Technically, he could be correct. Well, but that's a topic for another day. I want you to think about gravity. that. I want you to think about gravity. that. I want you I to think about I'd that. I'd have to do the... It comes out of the... Mu- and this is the information. <laughs> have to I'm do giving this... you the information that was given to me. Yes, I know what you're saying, but wait, wait. Because... It, it would have to. You'd have to do the math formula. I'll give you the formula to figure out. And, uh, and there probably is a millimicron. No, no, is there none? No, I, I it's not even a. It's not even a smidge. I'm gonna call but this how far, measurement a smidge. But how far forward does he mean? Or does he mean as soon as as soon as the back end comes out, it goes down? You ever see a Patriot missile take off? Yes. Okay, you know that as a pre-charge and then the charge. Yeah, because it. If it like leaves, a torpedo. Well, if it leaves the launcher a, at supersonic rate, it'll blow the launcher, launcher up. up. Right. Okay. So it goes poop and it comes out right. and well, then it floats. Does. It floats and then it takes off. Yes. Right. The stinger okay. does too. I want you to picture that. Yeah, I, I know what you mean. That's that's what I'm talking so about. So he thinks it's rocket assisted. It's for another conversation. Yes. Okay. I got you. <laughs> All right, listeners. Thank you guys so much. We really appreciate Dude, it. Dude, the million downloads, it's humbling. That's huge. It's yeah, really humbling huge. to think about it's it. It's huge. And, and you know what? But it, it, it is what it is. Thank you guys for yeah. coming on this ride with us, man. It's been a lot of fun, and we're going to continue to uh, be they, on down like, the road. Like we said in the other one, your first million is supposed to be the hardest. Yeah. We should get to the second million. Now we million. should just knock that shit out. No yeah, problem. we should be getting to the like, two million mark like next week. Yeah, next week-ish. Ish. I like to throw an ish on there. Okay. I, I just don't know. I agree. But thank you guys I know, for I listening. I think about two-tenths-ish on the right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right, man. We're out of here. Peace. Later. <laughs>